that episode of the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, my guest is a writer for Adult Swim, College Humor. He even, I believe, wrote an episode of The Simpsons. I did. And his name is Ben Joseph. Welcome, Ben. Hey, thank you for having me. Is this the first podcast in your Los Angeles apartment? It's the third. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but, you know, a third time's a charm. Yeah, and top five still, so I'm still so pretty happy with yeah, that. And, okay, but I emailed other people before. I, <laughs> <laughs> you were my sixth choice. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, I apologize, but... Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Um, how you doing, Ben? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, having me over. Thanks for um, coming over. This sh- we'll get to the show that you want to watch in a sec, but I'll say this about the show. I'll talk about it before. I mean, I guess everybody knows it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer because it says it on the podcast <laughs> on the when you download it. But this is a show that's highly revered by a lot of people, right? Yes, that's true. I was it really a I cult, was actually cult fan base. I'd say I was surprised that you you've done like what like. How many episodes have you I done? think there were 130 something. Yeah, I did so a lot. And I was surprised that no one had chosen this show before because it definitely, I think when I was in my early 20s, like there were all the writers on this show went on to produce other shows. It's kind of the ground zero for all the, for the entire CW, like that entire tone was set by the show. And when I was in my early 20s, I definitely would con- would have considered it my favorite show. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, th- I think I've aged out of that a, l- a little bit. But um, it's but yeah, no, it's, I think it's at the time, you know, it started in the late 90s. And it, it just they did a lot of things that had not been done on television before. And the show was created by Joss, which I think he should just call himself Josh. <laughs> Josh Whedon. I think he made that choice. I think he was Josh, oh, and he decided <laughs> he decided to be Josh. Don't you might need to fact check that, but I'm pretty sure to stand out. He... Well, I will promise I won't fact check it. <laughs> but he's he's went on to. I mean, he is huge. He's a huge filmmaker now. He does Marvel, the whole Marvel universe. Yeah, right? he's had this crazy career because he's well. He started out as a as a screen. Well, first he started out on Roseanne. He's... He worked on Roseanne. He I think he didn't he co-write. I was just looking this up. <laughs> he wrote Toy Story. To, as he well, uh, he started off Roseanne, and then he became like, and also he kind of cheated because he came from a screenwriting family, and that's like, I don't know, that, that's not cheating, but it definitely gives. It you, helps. It, it, you can't get this far just on that yeah, alone. But that's uh, you hit the ground running. So at 24, yes. he was on Roseanne. Then he became like this go-to Hollywood script doctor, and so he did rewrites on Toy Story. He wrote one of the Alien movies. He did. Um, he did a lot of Disney's sort of worse, worse animated movies like. Uh, Titan A. That's not Disney, but he did Titan A. Mulan. Mulan. Mulan? No, Is no, even a... worse. Um, Atlantis. Ooh, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, even, uh, even, even worse than Mulan. But yeah, but then he, then he had a big TV career where he did Buffy and Angel, and then he kind of went away for a little bit, and then he just directed like I think one of the biggest movies of all times with the Avengers. Yeah, he's ripping shit up, as yeah. they say. Yeah, yeah, as they say. So this, but this show. When was your? Okay, so talk. Why don't you talk about? The episode that you choose, cho- you chose, and why you choose it. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. So I, I choose this episode. Um, no, it was um, I, I did this show on. I think I did this show on DVDs on a standard deaf television, just to mm-hmm. put it time, sense of time and place. Like when I was like in college, in so not while the show was on, not while it was on, no okay. later. Because I was actually most. I think this is definitely a teen show. A lot of it, people come to it in their teens and feel the appropriate feelings watching it. Um, I kind of had a sheltered childhood, okay. So I consumed most of I 
Meaning sheltered meaning. Meaning, um, I just had sort of puritanical parents who didn't let me consume a lot oh, of gotcha. things. Oh, gotcha. So your your early twenties were teenage e. Yeah, yeah, my, or definitely at least my college years. That's right, where I right. like discovered all the things you usually discover in high school, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer was one of them. Got it. And I think in terms of if 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 you people will give you a top if people list off their top. So basically, I knew I wanted to do something from this series because that was just important for me in that way, and it's also fun to look at it now being in my early 30s, what, how strongly I felt about it and what holds up and what doesn't. And, um, and I think there's probably like five episodes you would choose. There's Hush, which is the silent episode, which is the one people point to. Okay. And this is, then this is the, one of the other big ones, is the musical episode, which stands out. Because musical episodes were kind of a fad at the time. But Interesting. Uh, yeah, they, like Xena did one. I think like maybe Boston Legal did one. Like, wow, <laughs> a lot Boston of, Legal <laughs> or one of the one of the legal shows that might not be right. But, but like, I, I'm I'll assume Boston. <laughs> yeah, was Boston yeah. But like the reason this one stood out was because it was all original songs. A lot of the other ones just kind of took show tunes and re, and weird out jukebox jukebox. Yeah, musicals. exactly, exactly. But Joss Whedon took it about himself to write. So you you'll see it in the quality of the songs. But he he took it about himself to write all the songs, had his cast actually perform them, and also made sure it moved the story of the season forward. So right, that's what I read online was that this was even though this was a musical episode, it was still pivotal for sort of character. Yeah, totally. Right. Character <laughs> which which I will get very deep into. <laughs> Whoa, um, and and the, for people who are fans of television who listen to this, which I assume would be a lot of people, Joss Whedon also did um, the Doctor Horrible. He stuff, did so that which is also musical. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think it's actually very similar in tone to this, where it's like you watch it and it's not great but it's very charming in the fact that it feels like it's just your friends putting on a show right you know it's like well it's it's fun also like the idea of to do a musical the idea to do a silent episode it's sort of messing with the format yeah and, so i think that's something i always respond pretty strongly to is when you they you try to do more with tv than just being tv um well i'm excited to watch this i've only ever watched one episode of this show <laughs> i've only watched the pilot Oh, you did. That's as far as you made it. That's- yeah, <laughs> and I have nothing against the show. I just it, you know, wrong, wrong time, wrong place. No, it's so, a very, it's a very specific tone, which we'll also go into once we watch it. And um, and I've never seen the movie that this is based on, which he also wrote. The 19- he did. He wrote. And Buffy which, the Vampire Slayer, the movie, which is kind of unique. I think it's not often that you write a movie that other people direct, and because other people directed it, right. And he felt it was done poorly. He felt like, you know, Joss Whedon actually has a history of complaining about other people directing his screenplays. Awesome. Very which, cool. <laughs> um, but, I'm sure the directors love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I think like like Alien 4, he said like, this is that's every word I wrote, but that's not my movie. Wow. Is- <laughs> they pick your battles. Alien 4, Alien 4 is definitely the movie you want to be. Um, uh, that's the one where Sigourney Weaver makes a over- blind basketball shot. Have you ever seen? Oh my gosh, I've never seen that. Oh, that's real fun. Um, <laughs> but no, he wrote. So he wrote the movie. He thought it was done badly, and he got to make it. A t- he got to make it his own TV show that was way more successful than the five film. years later. Yeah, too. five years later. Yeah. Oh, and it's weird. And the directors of the movie who did not touch the TV show in any way have an EP credit on every episode of the TV show. Good for them residuals. Yeah, I assume so. I assume they get money from that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Craig oh, yeah. knows. Craig's got I know what I... Listen, I know what executive producers get, not from experience. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. We wanted to do... Should we check it out? Yeah, Is there anything else that I should know or any listener should know before if they decide to stop this? I don't know how you would do that as a listener, but... um. 
any things that I should be aware of? No, I think we can give it context once we're talking about it, right? You don't, should I give t- context to it now? Or would you no, we'll it? just yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, watch we'll, it. Yeah, cool. Sounds I'm, good. I'm pretty smart. <laughs> let's All right, let's check out. It's called uh, Once More with Feeling. Yes. Come the tide. I can feel you inside. I'm So helplessly, I break with every swell, lost in ecstasy, spread beneath my willow tree, make me complete. We're back. We just watched Once More with Feeling, which uh, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season six, episode seven. That I believe that's correct. I know it is. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm ninety percent sure. Um, yeah. So we watched it. It was good. I mean, the, the, it's hard to fully give a, my take on it, and not that it even matters what my take on it is, but. Having not watched six seasons and six episodes. Totally. I'm even more interested on your perspective from a like, because this is even more than as an episode of television, this is just sort of a window into a culture that I don't think you necessarily, or or a time in your life that you don't necessarily go through. Yeah. Like I did not. So I I relate this to like um, Dawson's Creek, Dawson's Creek. And then what's the other one with Rory? Like there's a girl named Rory in it. Uh, Gilmore Gilmore Girls. Girls. Yeah. I sort of would feel that that's maybe in the same genre-ish. Yeah, totally. Just very... It, I think when you're a teenager, you have all these feelings that are very heightened and you don't know how to express them. Yeah. So when you have these shows that sort of like take those feelings and make them very verbal, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it, I don't know. I always thought they were a little bit... I mean, I I have no... I mean, no offense to people who like like these types of shows because there's nothing wrong with it. I've, I feel like they're a little saccharine or Of course, corny. yeah, no, I think... But, but, but this show is interesting in that it definitely is more meta yes um which i also i like meta meta meaning like commenting on itself like they commented on the fact that they were in a musical totally but saccharin or corny and and meta together like i don't necessarily it's not necessarily <laughs> my my cup of tea totally it's interesting because the last the last time i'd really dug into this i think i was like 21 or 22 and I was all about it. I really, it was interesting to me what held up. And I think I still really liked a lot of the writerly stuff they do. Like, I like the way they structure it. I like a lot of the character stuff they do. But in terms of execution, it kind of made me cringe yeah, a little bit. I mean, they did a good job doing music. I mean, like, I grew up watching musicals uh, when you see a guy reach for stars <laughs> in the sky. Like, I know, I like musicals. I think and they did. And then we just do guys and dolls for the rest of this. And yeah. I, listen, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do Fiddler. I'll do In the Heights. What do you want from me? I'll sing it all. <laughs> But um, they did it. Joss Whedon did a good job of like hitting those notes that you'd hit, have in a musical. Yeah, I'd say totally. for the most part. But yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, what do you? So you haven't seen this in what ten years? Um, or, I think or, I've, I've definitely. I might have seen it like our parts mm-hmm. of it, but I definitely. I have my my. I watched the entire series when I was like twenty or twenty one. Right. So it's been like ten years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's, I, it, it's weird to think that I was a person who like just accepted that entirely when I was 20. Yeah. It's weird to look back and be, cause I've been revisiting certain things, but I, I feel like I still have the same 
like of it and even if i it, the watchability might be a little bit less yeah. so i think that also tends to be to the stylistic stuff and the and like this is so 90s like yeah. all of the, their hairs all the hairdos of the women are based on the rachel um <laughs> from friends you know like the production value is very 90s so it's weird like i recently we rewatched um what about bob right which is a great movie but the soundtrack is so awful <laughs> with like like 90s like oh, cheesy sure, sure. sort of comedy music and i wonder how much better the movie would hold up if they just replaced all the music right. with contemporary stuff which i think could be a good like thing for you know like to go back and sort of update things yeah, in totally. many ways like that. Well, I, I, to go back for a little bit, it was interesting watching this with you because I knew you were uninitiated. I knew yeah. I knew this was, and I also you know you, I know your taste kind of well, and they're so far from sort of like dorky geeky stuff like this. Right. So I think that probably gave me a chance to look at it with new eyes too. And also saying with updating things, yeah, it's interesting. Like, how is it possible to make something truly timeless, or will you always be a victim of like? Well, I think that it's it's a two way street. Be, or it's it's dangerous because if you look at like George Lucas, who completely redid, like he added stuff on Return of the Jedi, like Ewoks blinking, and you're like, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> but then right. I recently found and watched. I think it's available on Netflix. Um, that old. This is gonna seem hoity toity, but the old, um, like old film, like Nickelodeon film, not the TV show right, but right. channel, but. Um, a trip to the moon, yeah, and, which yeah. is like this classic thing. And the band Air did an updated um, song for it, or an updated, and it's unbelievable. That's like, cool. it, so it, it is a sort of like a timeless thing, right? Um, but this one, you know, like the style of it is so much. Yeah, and it's also clearly done. I mean, it's clearly done as television. Like, it's clearly right. done. You know, I've even watching now. I saw just maybe even just seeing it on on a big flat screen for the first time. There's mm. so many mistakes. Yeah, like Wait, I like think, what? In, I think in one of the final dance numbers, one of the when when those two girls come in and dance behind Buffy, one of them just spins the wrong way. <laughs> nah, what are you, you going to do? <laughs> but no, it's it's it's, it's it, I guess the point is it's made to be slight. It's weird that we're watching it ten years later because I think there's something about it that's supposed to be a little. They probably disposable. only had like two takes for each. Yeah, I exactly. mean. The, Especially for a TV show with this, like this, on the UPN. This yeah. by this time it was on the UPN, and um, on the UPN, which no, um, which which then got sucked into the WB, and is now the CW. And, uh, which which is weird because this is, I think, like we said oh, yeah, before, this you, is, every single CW show can kind of call. This is like the not Patient Zero, like the what's the fish that walks on the land, or you know whatever it is, whatever the f- fish landy fish landy walkie. <laughs> this is the fish landy walkie creature for all the CW. Right. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, there were... Th- was this on at the same time as Dawson's Creek? And- it was, yeah. That was... But Daw- I think Dawson's Creek was WB, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the... Over- they overlapped. I don't know exactly what the timeline was. Um, I have to... Well, let's talk about a little bit more about the show. So in this season, as you explained to me off mic, um, at the end of the previous season, which was when they were on... WB. Right. It was season five. The WB had done it for five seasons. They were either canceling it or they'd run out of money or something. So the show killed Buffy. Because they, they, they the had main given, character, titular the, character. Yeah, the titular Buffy, the vampire slayer, um, leaps off a building to like save the world. Um, they bury her in a graveyard. There's a tombstone that says she saved the world a lot. That's her epic. And it's a very nice end of the series. And then they resurrect it 
on UPN. And like you said, the show's a little meta. The first like five to ten episodes are all kind of commentary on that because she's been brought back to life. Right. And we know, the audience, that she was yanked out of heaven and she's very sad about this because heaven was great and Earth kind of sucks. But her friends don't know that, and that's what this episode is all about. In this about. episode, through song, she finally reveals right, that, exactly. that heaven is good. <laughs> yeah, that, that is the message of this show. Is. She's bummed out to be back on Earth. Right, and that's and that's also so. So the plot of the show itself is that, as we saw, is that um, you know people start breaking out and singing and dancing, and no one knows why. So it's the musical is actually a phenomenon in the world of the show. Yeah. So right? this, yeah. To, sorry to summarize the episode. It's that. At the beginning, they're hanging out in their 20-something house <laughs> where everybody lives. They're obviously super rich somehow. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they start singing and dancing in unison. Or, or, But we first see Buffy singing. Right. And then she goes in the next morning to the bookshop where they all hang out. <laughs> and she says, did anybody else sing last night? And they're all like, oh, we thought that was just us. Like, I can't believe it. Everybody's singing. And then they break out into song. And then they start commenting on it. Okay, Let's figure out why this is happening. Right. And it ends up that it's happening because Michelle Trachtenberg wore a, a uh, amulet that she found. Yeah. And uh, it resurrected. It's basically the devil. No, like the devil except only for song and dance. Only ma- I call him the mask devil. Like he was so <laughs> like, like, like when Jim Carrey was the mask in the mask, like he wore a zoot suit. Yeah. And a silk silk. Uh, tie and a silk shirt. It's like if the lead singer of Squirrel Nut Zippers was a burn victim, and this right. Is <laughs> if Real Big Fish was a Squirrel Nut Zipper who is on fire and watched The Mask, this is what. That's it would a band, be. right? Squirrel Nut Zippers. That's, Squirrel Nut okay. Zippers, and That's, I think Real Big Fish. Might Real Big be. Fish was also, but I think they were ska, not the uh, not the um, Zootsuity ska. Yeah. Whatever. Who, not, fu- <laughs> who, gets who fucking cares, motherfucker? God, were the night were the nineties bad? A lot of it was. <laughs> I mean, also like the guy. So th- that's what the episode's about. And then, right. Then Buffy also has this uh, relationship with Spike. So with Spike, yeah. Who is a? He's a vampire. He's a vampire, but who talks like most of the vampires just sort of like fight. Well, they. One of the things the show did because. Um, one, vampire makeup is expensive, and two, if you have like a character talking, you can't just have them prosthetics on their face their entire time. The vampires like morph into monster mode. So oh, right. oh gotcha. So right, right, right. So that's like a thing they do. And so but Spike spends most of his time in human mode because he's like a main character and he rarely And he's in love with Buffy. He's in love with Buffy. And, and that's yes. to spoil this is a big spoiler if you're gonna be watching <laughs> this, but at the end of this episode, they lock lips. They kiss for the very first time. For, and it was because Spike, because Spike saved her, because Spike brought her back to reality. She was gonna, she was basically gonna let this demon kill her because she was so sad on Earth. Right. But Spike brought her back. How did he? I sort of might have done something. <laughs> can you, can you remind me what he did? It was, I he well he sang it. I don't think there was a definite turn. He just was like, hey, Earth is okay. Earth, yeah, that's yeah. He was like, Earth is okay. Bobby was like, Heaven is great. Earth sucks. And Spike was like, No, Earth's fine. And that was enough. Yeah. Well, it's like Earth. Is a because she was so psyched. Well, this was her thing. The the burn victim suit suit riot uh, <laughs> mask guy was going to bring Michelle Trachtenberg back down to hell to be his wife. Right, because that's the contract of summoning him. Whoever summoned him has to marry him and go live with him wherever. And and Michelle Trachtenberg is Buffy's sister. Yes. So Buffy was like, I used to be in heaven. Now I will go to hell instead right. of Michelle Trachtenberg. And I will be become the wife because I I'm I'm willing to do that because I'm very depressed right now because I'm depressed. But then 
Spike is like <laughs> stay in stay on Earth, baby. Like it's it's a little bit of heaven, a little bit of hell, right? Yeah, that's, ba- that's, that's basically some, what he says. The, I think that's a better. You just wrote a better lyric than what he actually said. <laughs> <laughs> but he's saying that Earth there's is fine. Right. Earth is good enough. Right. You don't need to go to hell. Right. Are you, are you saying like it's just living? You know, living is living. It's not bliss. It's not heaven. You know, it's it's all it's always going to be kind of a grind, right? Um, but yeah, and, and that's which enough. is a good message. It's a good <laughs> no, it's, it's like for for one of these shows, totally. That's totally. better than uh, a show that is like life is great. You know, or just it's just more a little bit more realistic. Yeah, and, then like you can find heaven on earth, and like, not yeah. and not too profound or like in your face. It's totally. A, um, but the reason we just started talking about Spike was because his hair, I, I was going to mention, <laughs> is that his hair looks very Justin Timberlake from 1999. Yeah, it's that like dyed blonde, glued to your head ramen hair. Ramen, yeah, like, um, ugh, it's just so disgusting. Which is weird because I don't think it's supposed to be a 90s thing. I suppose, I think it's supposed to be an 80s Billy Idol thing. And they're, but they but just, it comes off with the totally yeah. bleached and it's like wetter than Billy Idol's hair. Yeah, they just they, they did with 90s hair products. You just so think of that time where um, Britney and... Uh, Jay Tim's wore all denim. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely remember that photo. I like that that's a touchstone for both of us that we can remember that, when that that's happened. That's a huge day for me. That's like <laughs> bigger than um, JFK being shot um, or 9-11. One thing I didn't say because it was going to make the story way more complicated, but you asked me if Michelle Trachtenberg was Sarah Michelle Gellar's sister. And right. she is, but they added her in season five. And uh, and to go back to the meta thing, they way that the way they did it, there was just suddenly this new character that every that everybody was like, oh yeah, it's, it's Buffy's sister. She's been around forever, and it turned out she was actually like some kind of being that was created to hide this secret thing. But it was a, it was a it was a cool cool way of doing the hey we're adding a younger character to keep high school stories going but we're going to do it in a meta way gotcha where, you know, where it's not just like i've been out of town the entire time it was you know it's like how in you know like in fresh prince i wonder if they did it but they switched the mom and they don't comment on it you know, yeah so, yeah exactly. i don't know maybe they did in fresh prince i i hope that they made some a, kind of a, joke a about little it. bit of a nod at least but or uh, roseanne and new becky Rose, oh, exactly. Yes, new Becky or uh, Family Matters new um, daughter that disappeared <laughs> after about four seasons too. <laughs> new Urkel when they switched <laughs> when they switched out the Urkel um, for the Urkel bot. <laughs> but you know, I think that's one of the things that, like, definitely, like I said, definitely holds up from out the show is just the more writerly touches. It's definitely a writer's show, which I think you can see by the fact that none, none of those guys really went on to have careers besides Allison Hannigan. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Nobody really. You were saying that. Um, Sarah Michelle Geller was on the new ones or the big ones. The, oh, the crazy ones. Hey, can I just say, oh, we need to talk about the boobs in this show. <laughs> they really like, they, it is so like, you're saying that this is for high school and yeah. because of the tone and everything, they show off boobs more than like any other in sweaters, <laughs> boobs and sweaters, like without showing any cleavage, this is one of the mo- most boob, like heavy show I've ever seen. Yeah, very boob heavy, and also mm-hmm. like a lot, of, a lot of sexual innuendo. A lot of, lot a of, lot of not even in you like just dick jokes. There's straight up dick jokes. They said the word penis, which I was pretty surprised by. <laughs> and then there was a um, cunnilingus. Scene. Yeah, there's a, there's a lesbian witch song that ends with. Alice, the, the Allison Hannigan and I, I forget the other actress's name, but they're lesbian witches together. Hannigan Allison. Ha- Hannigan. That's, that's the other, <laughs> yeah, that's the other Hannigan and Allison, the, the, the lesbian witches. Um, and they go back to their room, and Allison Hannigan slides off screen down the witch. The witch starts levitating on the bed and just singing, You Make Me Complete. You, but with, it's like, it, You Make Me Complete. Yeah, just really. <laughs> and, Which is very, I'd say, very, very 
like I I don't know. I guess I don't watch like teen shows now, but I it seems like it's gotten more censored since then. Is that am yeah, I wrong? No, I, th- I think that's true. I think that's true. I think I think we're in actually. I think overall culturally, we're in kind of more a more, um, a a more uh, politically not politically correct, but what's yeah, the, yeah? No, I think we're there's more, just more censorship in yeah, general. I totally. think I think people are so on eggshells because because of Twitter and stuff. Yeah, that definitely. if people make strong stands or say strong things, like the moral police come, and like. I totally agree, you know, with some of the quote unquote political correct stuff. Like I think there's progress in political correctness, but like, I don't know if a dick joke like that would be on a show and like, there should be dick jokes that say penis or there should be like, you know, that, that, yeah, no, absolutely. that, that I, like I, should be on channel 11. I think I, I'm to all for that, but I do, I do like the Craig stance on teen shows. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I want teen shows. Listen, I want my children who are teenagers that don't exist yet. I don't even know what the teen shows are now. I know CW has like the DC superhero shows. They have the Flash and Arrow and stuff, okay, which right, I, have, right. I have not watched, but I, I hear they're good or at least like uh, on par with this. But I don't know if there's any like, I don't know what the Dawson's Creek of right now or is. Or like, well, I think MTV tried to do it with like Skins. Um, oh, sure. That yeah. was a, a show. And uh, do you remember, oh, fart. Now I'm trying, I was talking to Meryl, my wife, about this show like, from the nineties that was basically like a soap opera for kids and it was on MTV and it was, it was, oh, I can't remember it right now, but, um, I, I was watching purely cartoons in the nineties. I didn't, <laughs> well, that's because your parents wouldn't let you watch. No, I, I mean, I, it was, um, it's funny. One of the other, sh- I, I had pitched you a couple of shows and the other show I pitched you oh, was right. this cartoon called Bucky O'Hare. And the reason that one was notable is cause like my parents wanted to watch everything I watched with me for the Whoa, first time. Wow. They had to sort of peer review everything to make sure it wasn't too scandalous or bad or would turn me into a serial killer or whatever they thought TV would do to me. And so I finally like, because this was hard and when the, and when there wasn't any internet. I found out when the show was airing, got all my family together to watch it. Um, they were like, okay, this is fun. You can watch this show about this space rabbit. And then it was canceled a week later. <laughs> <laughs> now, was there ever a show that you watched fully that your parents were like, no, this is bad. We can't watch this. No, well, we didn't have cable, first of all. So okay. that, that was a big contributing factor. Um, no, I think it was just also so hard to watch complete shows because you, so you were so at the mercy of um, – when something aired you couldn't right. really you couldn't really seek something out but did you as so you're a child in the 90s you write tv and all that were you did you watch sitcoms at all no not really i think i my, my big my, i didn't really like from 18 to 22 was when i can when when i consumed most of the culture right. that informs me I, I read a lot of books um I think in terms of comedy, Dave Barry was a big influence I, of me. Dave Barry's Guide to Guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dave Barry, I, I'm a huge Dave Barry. Dave Barry fan. turns forty. Dave uh, Barry Dave, turns fifty. Dave, Dave. Dave Barry turns forty. Was uh, I love that book? <laughs> but he, he was very relatable. <laughs> but no, I didn't. I didn't really like. I didn't do. I didn't do TGIF. I didn't do any of the kids sitcoms. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I really watched any sitcoms while I was. Oh, I did. I did Futurama. I love The Simpsons, but other than that, sure. other than that, those I didn't really uh, no branch out till I and, got to college. And then when you watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer for the first time, was there were you watching with other people? Did anybody else that you know 
were there fans that you could talk to about the show or was this a solitary no not that this is so embarrassing actually i would i went back and like looked up forums from like the 90s and uh-huh. just like read what people had to say about oh my it. god so you were just like experiencing forums yeah <laughs> i mean years I'd, I'd, later i'd been on i'd been on forums where i was like ah, i want to know what people thought of this episode i want to know like what if people, if people noticed things i noticed that they thought it was good so i just went and looked up those those discussions god i haven't thought about forums in a long time yeah, they were. They were all. They weren't even. They were all archived on Google. I don't even. I don't even know if you could find them now. But like, they were all. Yeah, I was on B, a BC Boys forum, uh, I, but uh, I don't remember. Amazing. But I don't remember being on many other forums. I guess I think that might have been my main one. No, it's really. It's really interesting because I talked to some people. Like, I, you know, Adam Conover, right? I know Adam. Conover. I've, I've talked to him, and he was super active online when he was uh, a in, teenager. In forums. In in for just in general, he was like he talked to people online. He like had internet friends. He met up that didn't ever met up with, but like communicated with on a regular basis. And I just never had that. I was you know I didn't talk to any. I I was pretty sure that was against the rules. To talk. Yeah, I also like assumed everybody was not who they said they were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, like, which is pretty much true of everybody on the internet. Yeah, now. I mean, yeah, yes. <laughs> we portray guys the way we go on the internet as we portray ourselves in a certain yeah, we way. All wear, we all wear social masks. We all we? wear masks, <laughs> and and when, but this is real. What we're doing right now is real. <laughs> this is this is as authentic as it gets. Discussing Buffy. I am complete. <laughs> Um, so this episode, how many other, uh, so you mentioned this episode, you mentioned the silent episode, right? How many other episodes or do you remember any other notable, uh, I think the other big top five one is there's one where the, um, their mom dies and it's called the body. And I don't think it has a monster. I don't think it has a monster in it. I think it might have one vampire at the end, but it's just, it's them dealing with like a re- real actual death not like a magic death and it's oh, uh, yeah it's really it's really impactful or at least it was when i watched it when i was 20 but um i think it's done and it's is pre- the mom in any other episodes i mean no they um after that no she no, no, uh, before that oh before that yeah yeah she she's a main character in season one she's um because when because in season one buffy's supposed to be a high school student she's living at home so the parents oh, right, are more right, essential right. and this this one by this time they're in their early 20s and it's like it's weird. It sort of moved away from the the core statement of the show, which was like monsters as a metaphor for what's shitty about being a teenager. Um, and now it's just sort of comic booky. But no, she was a mom. She was a the mom was a um, cast member for the first couple of seasons. And I actually, I don't know if they killed her because they just didn't need her anymore. I'm not sure why she died. But the episode's very good because people die, man. People, <laughs> not nah, that people... that doesn't that doesn't sound. My parents are gonna live forever. It's I think I think. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Like there are those. Do you do you watch the Drew Carey show? I did. To yeah. me, that's another show that, like, it's. I don't know if it, I'd have to rewatch them, but they did so many episodes. They ended up doing so many episodes that were like specially special episodes, right, like right. like a three D episode, or I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, a three D episode, or like find see what doesn't make sense in the frame and send it right. in, and it's a contest. They they like did so many of those that it seemed like the writers must have been super bored or they realized we need these bring the audience in to do you know to do all these weird new meta type things how many how many seasons of drew carey show did they do there must have been at least yeah 25 seasons yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> saying right now absolutely absolutely at yeah. least 25 seasons of the drew carey show and everyone was above par <laughs> everybody everyone was a hole in one it's fine. That must be. I don't see that on TV at all. But you know, it's true. The Drew Carey Show was another one that was just kind of like, "Hey, it's TV. Let's have fun." Let's I, have fun. Yeah. I think that's another thing I really respect in Buffy and just TV in general. Anybody who's like 
because I think you know we we kind of there's so many great shows. There's Breaking Bad. There's Mad Men. But I also really love a show that's just like, hey, it's TV. It's dumb. Let's just have fun with it yes. and make something weird and silly. Can we right now? Maybe this is too hard, but think of a show, recent show that's like that. Uh, the Jack and Triumph show. The Jack and Triumph show. Yeah. Oh, Ben and I worked on the Jack and Triumph, the short-lived Jack and Triumph show. But I do think that's true. It was like yeah, totally. sort of everything but the kitchen sink. Like, let's try a bunch of things, follow the fun, and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I would I would say that's even, that's Smigel's sensibility to an extent, is kind of keeping things very authentic and messy. And um, But yeah, no, it was fun. And also, I think uh, 30 Rock was very aware it was a TV show. I don't know I don't know if it would ever admit to being stupid. Like, I think it took itself very seriously, yes, but it, did, I, it definitely played with itself a lot. Well, even just doing those live episodes. Yeah, I mean, The live totally. episodes were so... I mean, those have been done before, obviously. I mean, television used to be live, but ER did it, which is so strange to think. Oh, that's right. Uh, but 30 Rock, to do that and do, like, live fake commercials and... The, the West Coast version had different things yeah. than the East Coast version. Like, that to me is a very Using, special uh, They used Julie Louis-Dreyfus for the flashbacks. That was really fun. Oh, yeah, yes. that's right. That's right. Those were great. Um, it's funny. I was watching... I, I also... Do, I watched The West Ring recently on, uh, on Netflix, and there's a debate episode, and I was like, wow, this is really weird and stilted i'm not sure why this is and seems slow i'm not sure it's like it turned out it was a live debate episode did you watch that one what oh wow i need no i you know what i have um i have watched i think season one of west wing but i haven't followed through i need to watch more of that it's really good it's really i mean i think you can skip because um after season four they found out aaron sorkin was writing 26 episodes of television a year because he was doing lots of drugs right and cocaine the, he yeah. got caught with cocaine yeah i think it was crack i think he was um even that makes that's actually is better for writing. <laughs> Craig can tell you from experience. Yeah, I can tell you right here. Crack no, and guys, podcasting. Crack uh, is whack, guys. Crack is whack. Is, to all my, to all our teen listeners, to all the teen listeners and all the crackheads, please. Crack is whack. Crack is whack. But no, but it's, but it's so the seasons five and six are bad, but then season seven gets good again because they figure out how to not just try to imitate Aaron Sorkin. So when you were in college, Buffy the Vampire Slayer became one of your things. Were there other shows? I mean, what, what other shows sort of like blew your mind in terms of things that you might not have been either able to watch or just didn't watch when you were let's see in college i think honestly south park i got south park finally got into south park because i i had honestly at at a distance when i was in middle school i thought um south park was like i was like oh that seems crude i'm not sure this is my sensibility right but then i took i think i saw the movie when i was like 17 like the year before i left college i was like this is amazing this is i think one of my new favorites and then i just did a uh did a deep dive in college did you did you steal it on the internet um i forget how i watch i think someone i think it was dvds i think it was okay because i was gonna say if so this is entrapment and <laughs> citizens the, arrest the, all of, all of it's that episode the entire podcast do you know how many people we've put in jail for <laughs> pirating stuff i i just think the people it, i mean it speaks so that no one listens to the podcast before they come on yeah of course <laughs> yeah well we try to keep the arrests at the very end like right like at the um, in Marvel movies after the credits, oh, sure, sure. Which I saw Joss Whedon's has directed some of those after the credits pieces. Well, I think the way Marvel does it is because the the after the credits sequence. I'm embarrassed. I know this, but all the after the credit sequence always point to another movie. Exactly. And whoever is directing that movie directs right. the after the credit right, sequence. Right. But I've actually I've kind of fallen off the Marvel train. I, I'm I'm done. <laughs> I, I really am. Like to yeah. me, I saw I I I grew up reading Spider Man. I have no problem with the existence of superhero movies, right. but I know I'm like, they're not for me anymore. I just, I can't yeah. do it. I mean, well, that's another thing. Like when I was, 
I didn't, a lot of people had their, did you, were you a big fan of the Batman where you were in, in, in the eighties, the Tim Burton one? I mean, I watched all of them. So <laughs> I guess I was a fan. Yeah. I mean, I watched everything when I, I was a kid. So right. I, think, I watched all of those in the theater. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't watch, I didn't see those. So when I saw the Nolan ones, when I was a teenager, I was like, Oh my God, this is, I've never seen a good Batman movie. This is really right. definitive for me. But now there's these new ones coming out and I just can't get excited. Oh, Batman Superman. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if for some teenager out there, it's the same thing where like, this is going to be his definitive. Batman. Yeah. I mean, I think we're aging out a little bit. Yeah. Of that. Like, as I said during the break, like Anomalisa was by far my, <laughs> my favorite movie that I've seen from the past year. And that is definitely, I mean, again, that sounds very pompous, but. Uh, no, totally. I mean, I, I go back and forth. Because I liked Creed. I loved, I, I like Creed a lot. Probably one of the best Rocky movies. There I mean, is. there's another angle to it, which is also we are people who make things. Like right. We also so, we're jaded. We're jaded a little bit. But also, you know, like there, like Joss Whedon was not was in his 30s when he wrote that. He was a, you know, and so I think there, I, I I go back and forth because like I would obviously love to create something nerdy like that, but also I definitely feel my taste growing beyond that too. So it's kind of a balance. Like, what do I want? You know? Yeah. I I could write the super nerdy thing, but um. I don't know. It, yes, it's 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 one thing about, about be appreciating it without letting your your taste be constrained to constricted to it. Like you don't want to be the guy who only reads comic books at in, at thirty. Yes, exactly. You want to have many a taste. I think even if you write comic books, if you only read comic books, you're going to make bad comic books because you need other. Well, things. you need. I mean, everything is ripped from something. Yeah. If, it, what other things can you reference if you're only reading that? Yeah, I think it's yeah. Same thing with comedy. Hopefully, yeah. Like you know, maybe maybe watching. Man, those Anomalisa jokes you're going to write. <laughs> oh man, you have no idea. Anomalisa is a treasure trove for jokes. <laughs> um, it, I highly. I do highly recommend it. Yeah, uh, did they send out screeners? Did they? Did no, you, uh, I did not get a screen. I, I, you know what? I'm such a fan of Charlie Kaufman. I was like, I want to see that in the theater. Yeah, totally. Because this movie is probably going to make no money. The same with, uh, I want to see Hateful Eight and uh, Revenant in the theater. I need to see. I need to see both of those. I, w- I have not watched those yet. Just... I'm going to check them out. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, do you sing it all? Because uh, this is a musical episode. No, I'm actually I'm not musical at all. I'm very bad at it. And in fact, I'm not. I wasn't even. I wasn't even a musical guy. I think I've been. I've been listening to Hamilton like everybody else in Los Angeles has. But uh, I haven't yet. <laughs> I haven't yet. I will. Um, that will. Um, because because you just don't because Lin Manuel is he slight, slighted you in some way. Yeah, no, Lin Manuel. Hey, I saw in the Heights <laughs> in the in the in the theater. Uh, um, I have not seen that. So you're you're a bigger you were. I'm a bigger Lin Manuel fan than you are. <laughs> uh, but no, I um, I'm not a. I have no musical talent whatsoever, and I'm not even a musical guy. I think I'm just more a fan of. I think the Buffy and the nerdiness and the writing is where I come at it. And now is somebody like Joss Whedon, is he going to make now? Is he not, is he just going to continue making these huge movies or do you think he'll go back and I do small I think he actually, stuff? I think I was, you know, obviously you don't know what really happened, but it seemed like the latest Avengers movie kind of burned him out of Marvel. It seems like he, he quit. After How that. do you know? Oh, in what way? That was just kind of the narrative that came out when they were promoting it is he was, just seemed exhausted and he I think he actually did say he's done with Marvel I think he says he's but not. does that mean that could mean that he that could be a move to take over some other huge franchise for another company it's true um I think well it's interesting I think Joss Whedon definitely speaks to that fan base really well I'd be interested to see interested to see if his skills transfer to a different like he's he's I really like his writing I think I really like his sensibility I don't think he's a great director I think he's like a fine director right. so yeah no I don't know I, I actually I would predict that he goes back and does something smaller I predict he goes and does something like 
you know, um, maybe another Dr. Horrible thing, maybe right. another, maybe another show. I, d- I don't know if he'll do another blockbuster. Well, the world is watching. <laughs> a lot of his jokes, correct me if I'm wrong, but in this episode were like jokes. I don't know how to explain it except for by like, it would be like, da 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 Duh. Like, it would be like, like, I wonder if this is all just us singing. And then she opens up the door and it's this huge musical piece. And then she closes the door and it's like, it's not. You, yeah, you know what I mean? Sort of like, uh, like, sort of like cut twos almost. Like, yeah. I, sort of the same pace of feeling as when 30 Rock did like cut twos, you know? Totally. And I also, I also think it's a very like, he, it's sort of the, the it's a very 90s sensibility where it's a very like sort of jaded, um, ironic detachment. Yes, kind of ironic thing. detachment. Yeah. I guess that's the right word. And I, I, and I think, yeah, I think he kind of made that. I think he, 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 he definitely didn't make that sen- that uh, voice famous, but he was definitely famous for that using that kind of like, yeah. So you, yes, an astute observation, Craig. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But I will also say, I'm going to put that on the whiteboard where it says astute <laughs> observations. I will say, it seems like obviously it's a teen show, but there were a lot of jokes. I was like, oh, that's a good joke. It's just very oversold in this teen format. Right, exactly. But you know what? I, I enjoyed. I right. liked it. Um, if you had to tell somebody who hasn't seen this show uh, a couple other episodes to watch, maybe maybe not even the you know the crazy um, you know silent one or musical. Are right. there other ones that you would recommend for new people? That's new a good question. I think um, it's yeah, it's tough to just jump in. I think um, I would say just skip season one. Season. Whoa. Um, I think you. It's, it's only twelve episodes. Um, it's very. It's very kind of it, it. It doesn't really give you a, a glimpse of what the show is capable of. It's kind of very what you think the show is. It's a mm. very standard like, oh, she kills monsters, she says some quips, and then it ends. So I think you can even skip just the be- beginning of season two, watch all of that, and then decide if you want to go with it or not. Okay. <laughs> or we'll get as far as you can in that. <laughs> and, and you don't. You will understand that the show is about somebody killing vampires. Yeah. Even without season yes, one. Yes, I think you will. <laughs> I think. I think from the from the title itself. Okay. Can, yeah. And then, have you seen the movie? I have seen the movie. I saw that. I haven't. I saw it when I was a teenager. I haven't seen it. Can you then. recommend or not recommend? I, w- I think you can skip it. I, I think. feel like it's this from the same. Year. I think it was ninety two, and I think it might have been from the same year as. Um, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Oh sure, and it feels like very sort of like same as that similar world. Yeah, like we're like cool, cool women doing cool, funny, sexy and things. And also, also just whoa, teenagers. I don't know. It feels whoa, yeah, whoa. <laughs> teenagers can do what? <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. What both of those. <laughs> those were the ta- the tagline for both of them was that whoa, teenagers <laughs> could do what? And it was an auditory tagline <laughs> with that voice. Um, but it's also, I think, uh, it's it's also as one of the most n- early '90s cast of all times, like Christy Swanson and Luke Perry. I think. Oh, and I think also um, one of the what's his name? I'm Donald Sutherland. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which is one of the most teen teen <laughs> yeah teen idol Donald Sutherland. Um, actually, yeah, because when I was when I was in college, I did a lot of research into all these things, and uh, apparently Donald Sutherland would just make up his own lines on set. Good for him. But because it was Donald Sutherland, everything he said sounded great. Because he's and because it was Donald Sutherland, just whoever was directing couldn't say, "Hey, yeah. man, <laughs> hey man, can you fucking skip, keep, keep to the script for God's sake?" Um, well, I thank you, Ben, so much for coming, watching. No, Buffy. thank you. I hope I gave you an experience that you would not have had otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would not have sat next to you <laughs> watching this show if not for that. Do you have any? Um, is there some refrain that we can use from the show that would be a appropriate ending? I, I think we 
we have to go with. <laughs> but which, you make me complete. Thank you, Ben. Is, and is there, how can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, Jen Bozef. Um, that's really, and that's really Wait, the only why, thing. Wait, now why are you Jen Bozef and not Ben Joseph? Just well, because be, it was taken? I, I was late to things, and also that was my high school nickname. Oh, nice. And it was uh, Mary Kitchell, a.k.a. Carrie Mitchell, gave me that nickname. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So at Jen Bozef, you heard it here first. Check out Buffy the Vampire Slayer season two to season seven. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. You make me complete. complete. That was beautiful. That was. Thanks again to Ben Joseph, a.k.a. Jen Boseph, for stopping by and watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Thank you for listening. Uh, tweet at me at Craig Rowan edits that episode tell people about the show if you're a real fan that's how we do you know how we do Um, thanks again it's good to be back and uh, we'll talk to you soon have a great night and an early mañana adios amigos